0: Five, four, three, two, one. We begin The Thing with a universal picture. White lettering over black, unusual because usually they have the universal logo. Now we're starting the credit sequence in the first movie of what I'd call my apocalypse trilogy, The Thing, Prince of Darkness and the Mouth of Madness.
1: And... Sitting next to me here today is Kurt Russell. Yeah, this is fun. Check this out again. I haven't seen this movie for quite a while. One thing I really remember about this movie, John, was when we came onto the uh, lot at Universal, they had a big welcome sign for Burt Reynolds and uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, boy, we're in trouble now. That was the best <laughs> little whorehouse in <laughs> yeah, Texas. best so little whorehouse in Texas.
0: So I wanted to do a, a, something with the credit sequence here, but it didn't work out because of the DGA and the contract in terms of everybody having their name linked together to the title. But originally I wanted to have the uh, uh, movie start with the saucer coming through space, heading towards the Earth, and the title uh, burning out. But I had to put all these titles in in instead, so it was a little strange uh, opening. But it worked out all right.
1: A little different monster for the audience. Wasn't it the same year that E.T. came out?
0: As a matter of fact, we came out two weeks after E.T. came
1: out. That's what, that's what it was. <laughs>
0: uh, and theirs was sweet and ours was mean. Now you're going to see in a minute the, uh, the main title burn through. It's exactly the same as the original thing. Uh, we copied their logo exactly. Peter Coran did this model. Shot here, this shot and this one. Excellent kind of beginning. This is the crash of the saucer back in the, I guess, before man was on the earth. It goes down into Antarctica. And here we come, and uh, we're underway. We did this movie right after Escape from uh, New York. Didn't we? I
1: was going to say, we did Escape in 1980, is that right? right.
0: Yeah, it was released in 81. And then we did this
1: in... 81.
0: This was released in 82.
1: So this is the third time yeah. yeah, in the like before uh, Escape.
0: We did Elvis, then we did Escape from New York, and then The Thing. And uh, there we are, Antarctica, winter 1982, and we began the film. We shot this opening up in uh, Alaska, in the ice fields above Juneau. And uh, we started shooting this in June 1st of 1981. We were up there a couple of weeks, and uh, we didn't realize when we got there that uh, there are not many clear days, because when it gets uh, foggy, when the clouds come in over the sun, well, you can't see anything. Uh, So the crew uh, spent a lot of time uh, on sleds going down the glacier and getting sunburned. Now, uh, the uh, one of the men inside this helicopter is uh, was our first uh, assistant director and your brother-in-law at the time, Larry Franco. And there he is leading out. We used a helicopter mount, we used a car mount on this. It was one of the first times it had been done. Kind of an unusual feel to it.
1: Now, the set was built in the summertime, wasn't it, so that there could be snow on the roof? That's right. Snow on the roof. That's
0: right. And this is a vast area uh, up above uh, Juneau, Alaska. This is really where all the weather patterns for the United States, for for everything forms up in here.
1: Yeah, wasn't wasn't this supposed to be the place where there was more snow than any other
0: place? Than any other place ever. Now, we're into the dog, and the basic idea behind all this, of course, uh, now that we know, is that the... The thing has already struck a a Norwegian camp, and now it's uh, it's on its way to the American camp. And all this was second unit uh, photography. Uh, I was up there.
1: Were you flying that helicopter? Or? I was
0: not. I hadn't learned to fly yet. But this this was one of the experiences that made me want to learn. I got you, As being uh, there's Larry Franco about to take a shot. And since he was supposed to play a Nor- Norwegian, he uh, made up some dialogue. Uh, <laughs> Schmergsdorf. <laughs> The only problem with this location was we couldn't get any beer, and so we tried to send the helicopters back down to Juno to get beer and bring it up to us. But the, <laughs> the
1: uh, locals didn't help you out much. They there. didn't <laughs> help us out too much.
0: That's cold, boy. <laughs> it is. It really is. And now, in a second, here we're going to cut to um, our our set uh, at. Uh, the glacier in British Columbia. There we go, oh ma, there we are. It's, yeah, cold. it's cold, it's awful. Oh. And I, So here we're uh, setting up our uh, Antarctic Station and your character, who we're about to introduce now, is McCready, the helicopter pilot. Likes to have a drink of uh, J&B, but also he was fairly isolated out there. Didn't we talk about the Vietnam uh, helicopter was Yeah, that he was—that
1: yeah, he was a, that had some experience and was probably an alcoholic now. And what was interesting about it was that here was this guy who uh, was up in Antarctica with all these other guys who had their own problems for wanting to be up there. But this guy had to get a little further away than most. <laughs> so Here's a man with a problem and a chessboard.
0: He was a true loner. And um, a, I felt a, a character who never wanted to assume the leadership role right. and was forced into it right, through circumstance works.
1: and i remember that when i came on board with you the hat was already the the hat was already established because of second unit stuff <laughs> that's great the and, the big yeah, hat was some something road. i really enjoyed i don't know yeah. how you felt about it but <laughs> well, I, I had to live with it <laughs> i had <laughs> to learn <laughs> to love <laughs> it
0: <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> so we're back up in uh, alaska for this particular sequence we had uh, the dog you see running here is not the dog we ended up using. Uh, Jed is the dog uh, who was the thing dog in the later parts, but this is a, a double. He's kind of painted like a Jed. He didn't like he didn't like this particular moment right there. The dog ducks because the helicopter is really only about five feet above him. That's
1: amazing flying, isn't it? When you know how how impossible it is to determine where you are.
0: These uh, bush pilots we had up there were pretty wild guys. I mean, so what, had, what
1: was it? We Lawrence of Alaska? Lawrence of Alaska
0: was up there. This was the, the guy who was flying this. Uh, you went up one time, he gave you the controls, and off yeah. you went. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 oh.
1: <laughs> we took, uh, this was all on a, pr- I remember we were warned, because this was all very near the an edge. And uh, it was impossible to tell some days one step. Being uh, the next, it would be fine, and, and taking us one another for step, and you'd be falling about 500 feet.
0: Here's some of the uh, cast gathering together there. So, uh, Keith
1: David and uh, uh, David Clennon and Charlie Hallahan. I couldn't tell if that was. Uh, I
0: think it's Peter Maloney was the was other one. So here goes Nate, the helicopter pilot, into a kind of a, th- of, a of a thunderhead. There he comes around, and uh, Larry Franco again opens up a. Swedish. A little bomb. What is it?
1: Was he it Norwegian?
0: Yeah, he was Norwegian. <laughs> Norwegian and we have bomb. a little uh, uh, shot here that uh, he drops the bomb. We couldn't uh, set off the explosion under the chopper, so it comes a little late there. But otherwise, it worked pretty well. Nate does a quick stop on the helicopter, pulls back like that. He's coming up. You can't really see him. He's coming up on the ledge, a shelf, yeah. and he sets it down. And we're about to uh, about to get our story underway.
1: Looking at that shot reminds me of me forgetting to bring my skis up there. It was fantastic skiing, and it, and uh, nobody brought skis. That's Charlie, and yeah, that's there. You are. I joined them there.
0: We all developed a real camaraderie working together oh, up God, in, in the middle of nowhere. We had some some adventures that I think we really can't talk about <laughs> here on this laser disc <laughs> for fear.
1: <laughs> we had a hell of a time just getting there on that bus. <gasps> I can tell you that much.
0: You were yelling at the actors, getting them to put it back on the road. We had
1: to get out of the bus and, and turn the bus... Or we had to push the front end of the bus around. It was so icy that we were able to do it. Norbert. Norbert. Norbert
0: was uh, very, very fluent in, uh, in Norwegian. And uh, off we go here. At the time this movie was released, this would have been... Uh, in June of 82, it was considered a very frightening and horrifying and repellent film, and now we look at it, and yeah, it, it's kind of a straightforward, uh, tough, hard-hitting action picture with a monster in it. Really, our concern was about the paranoia aspects of the story. We Such wanted... a
1: great story about, about that, wasn't it? Twelve guys and finally getting, and knowing each other so well, and then finally getting to a point where you don't
0: know. The original short story was called Who Goes There?, I think that sort of sums up the idea. Who Did, Are you human or who are you?
1: And the original thing didn't have much to do with the original short That's story, right? That's right. It was and, a
0: monster like Frankenstein was a monster. So you
1: decided to go back to that
0: Let's go back to the story. short story and, and explore it. I thought it had never been really told. So now we've shot the Norwegian without really knowing uh, what's going on. Here you guys are actually putting out this mock-up we set on fire. And... Uh, we started using some transitional uh, devices here between this scene and the next one. Sometimes we do uh, fades to white, whiteouts, and sometimes we do blackouts. And uh, depending on the mood, we wanted to...
1: That's Richard Masser.
0: Masser's coming up to talk to the dog who's very nervous because we're all standing there as a camera crew. <laughs> it's real cold, uh, as you can see. And the set was built by John Lloyd up there. Now I think we're going to go into... A, to a transition here, we uh, we did a lot of improvisation and rewriting when we got up to uh, yeah, British Columbia to try to clarify yeah. some points in the picture.
1: It was so difficult to tell uh, on film who was who because the characters are so many the of
0: them. I think Bill Lancaster, who wrote the screenplay, did a terrific job, but uh, I probably screwed up as a director in not differentiating. Peter Maloney and Richard Dysart are uh, in this scene together and um both very fine actors
1: Tom Waits,
0: and here comes wilford will, <laughs> will Brimley, <laughs> who is one of the great all time people
1: yeah he's he's uh they broke the mold there didn't they
0: and will is the real thing yeah, i mean he Luther he's it. it's impossible for will to ever do anything phony he's really who he is <laughs>
1: he's a long way from those oatmeal commercials here, not he <laughs>
0: I have a real affection for Will, he's a terrific guy. So we're in the sets at Universal here and here comes TK on his roller skates and we're about to get into our first kind of big dialogue scene. He's a uh, funny guy, TK. He's constantly worried that we're going to be, all of us are racists. <laughs> he was very, very worried about it.
1: He's He is funny, I've seen TK a number of times since then and I must say he's he's just a joy. <laughs> And there's Keith David there in the back,
0: and uh, Joel Polis is over there. Various characters who are up, uh, basically down in Antarctica, working at a at a scientific uh, institute. And uh, David Clennon, who usually plays the lawyer, got to play a uh, kind of a mechanic who wants to be a helicopter pilot. So his idea for a character was he got out of drug rehab, and he, and he's now trying to be uh, trying to live a real life.
1: I remember taking uh, Keith and, and TK down to uh, this hyder to get to, to get hyderized. I <laughs> yeah. still in my
0: wallet right now at this it? moment. I have my hiderization card. <laughs>
1: I've never I've, I've never felt my throat close off faster than that.
0: I was near death when I got hiderized. <laughs> hiderized is basically you have to drink down Everclear and then they light the glass on fire. It's pretty wild. <laughs> This is real snow in a real storm. Uh, we had some unpleasant shooting times up in British Columbia. I fell asleep one night, and it was around 30 degrees below zero with the wind chill. There's a nice whiteout transition, and we're into uh, the next scene. And really, the one of the dangers, Kurt, as I remember, is a whiteout. We actually got stuck in one, trying That's to get right. down I the hill. That's I forgot
1: about that. You were in one helicopter, I was in another one. We, had to, we
0: were on our way to punch in until the, the pilot found his way back. And then we had to ride down on the bus.
1: I, and I remember you talking about that from uh, having talked with the helicopter pilots about it, and I thought, how, how bad could a whiteout be until we got into that one and I, realized there was absolutely no visibility, zero, zero visibility.
0: It's like being in the inside of a ping-pong ball trying to find your way out of it. And
1: uh, I think this is where I got the... This is, the, the, this is the incredible
0: scene where uh, what we have in the helicopter is a dual control system, and you're in one seat and the real pilot's in the other. And he's lifting you up, and then all of a sudden gives you the controls of the helicopter. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you see it sort of start to wobble.
1: <laughs> it did. That ground fell away fast, though. Boy, it went from uh, 5 feet to 5,000 feet pretty quick.
0: Here you are, and he's in the left seat, and you're looking around, and you're going to pull it in and then take it up. You really have your hands on the controls yeah. here. He's helping you get off. There It you looked know. like I was flying Very there without good. taking control of it. And at some point here, he gives the control yeah. to you. I thought it was actually... Pretty good maneuver.
1: We'll see. Oops, I got it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's pulling in a lot of power to come up around there. This, The pilots we, we worked with were bush pilots in Alaska, and they were fearless, uh, kind of wild men. I remember the, the pilot we had in uh, Alaska offered to crash the helicopter for money. <laughs> so now we're into kind of a, a quiet sequence as we discover the dog uh, has a secret. And uh, <coughs> one of the great parts of working with Jed, the dog, was that he once he got to know the crew, he would you could do a dolly shot with him, and he would not look at the camera, or the director, or the crew, and really amazing work for an animal. There's a shot coming up in a minute that uh, TK's domain. We're kind of uh, shooting the sets. I think also one of the problems was to to make the location realistic. It's really a kind of prefabbed building that they would have, and the rooms look on a lot of identical.
1: And you had to be able to blow the. I remember you had to be able to blow the actual structure up, and we were living in it a lot of the time. Yes, so it was always 31 degrees,
0: and it was Couldn't extremely cold. Here comes the dog. This is a quite an amazing uh, shot when you realize that he's. He's doing this all by himself. The dog hesitates at the door. He's not looking at the camera. He looks in. He stops. He checks out somebody in another room. He pauses, then moves. He doesn't look, look at, at us as we pull back. Look at that, yeah. Then he stops and stares. Look at that. Waits, and in he goes. Uh, Amazing work hard. for an animal. How many
1: times did you guys do that?
0: Four or five. He, just he was paid out. Now we're into uh, a second unit shot here. We have a... A Bell a Jet Ranger going by, and yet when we cut to the interior shot, we are actually in an A Star <clears throat> because we had two helicopters on location. And through the A Star, coming up here in a second, it goes <clears throat> bang. You have more view through the front oh, window.
1: I see.
0: I see. The helicopter pilot—you uh, are in the right seat, but it's really the pilot. And these
1: are—was that and, a second unit shot? That that's we, a yeah. second
0: unit shot. And now we're back. Uh, on, in British Columbia, and uh, we've already blown up the compound for the end, and here you come landing in, you and Dysart, so we uh, had to revamp the set to make it into the Norwegian set. Now you see what a helicopter looks like when it comes down really quick, it hits the wind and the, uh, the heat, and it spins around a little, and down he comes, a lot of a lot of power from those rotors, and it sets it down. And, in a minute, we're going to go onto the soundstage at uh, Universal, and John Lloyd's sets. I must tell you, in the mm. sequence, were just gorgeous. It heat. was so
1: weird too, because it was so hot. It was—I remember—it was 105 degrees outside in Los Angeles, and it was the exact opposite of what you experience when you go into a walk-in freezer, uh, because it was so hot outside that when you went into the set, where it usually is warmer than inside, it was colder, and, and it was what 28 degrees with the misters.
0: We had water in the air, the only way to get breath, yeah. and yet you still had to put coffee and, and, and yeah. hot liquid in your mouth to get oh, remember it Remember those work? little
1: baskets we had once in a while? We had little baskets with uh, dry ice in them. We had to keep moving them around in our mouth.
0: So you're about to come up to our, our there we are, an interior set now. And uh, Dean Cundy's lighting is spectacular here. The the, uh, the value difference between the snow and the outside light and the interior lights are very moody, and... Um, this is your basic kind of uh, haunted house walk. It uh, was a lot longer originally in the script, but we uh, cut it down to move the story forward. And uh, you make some discoveries here that later on are going to aid us in the story. It's a very beautiful shot. Here you have the, uh, a lot of contrast in Dean's lighting. I, I, he did an incredible he job.
1: Really it was a great look on this picture. And this stuff was tough to do because everybody got sick from those misters and from being cold. It got to be a grind, didn't it? This got to be a little bit of a grind with the flares and the smoke and the cold.
0: This was tough. I yeah. have to admit, this was a this was a tough show. It wasn't pleasant physically. We were all pretty tired. The music uh, that's that's uh, going here is from a composer that I've been an, an admirer of, uh, Ennio Morricone. Mm-hmm. And it's a full orchestral score. It's very beautiful. And now we're up to Rob Bottin's first a rubber effect shot and I remember when we all first shot this we were rather dubious as to where this was going to work it actually turned out all right.
1: it looks Um, pretty different in real life than it does on film doesn't
0: it? it sure does in real life we all thought my god what is this (laughs) but we managed to capture uh, on film the idea that a a man is frozen uh, he's committed suicide and he slashed his wrist and the blood is frozen really fast you do freeze pretty quickly there but when we all saw this on the set, we thought, oh, Lord, this is not going to work.
1: <laughs> I remember Rob always coming in, it seemed like, with more more of that gel. He said, it's going to be fine, John. as I put the gel on, it's going to come to life.
0: <laughs> we used carbapole, which is the ingredient right. in Twinkies that holds it together. That was our slime. <laughs> and uh, Rob was discovering what the monster was as we were making the film. So we had an occasional... Uh, uh, on-set experience that was rather depressing. We'll get into that later. but Here you are into another section of the set, and you're about to walk into one of my favorite moments. It's a, a uh, nod of the hat to the original film. In, uh, in Hawks' version, they brought in this big block of ice, and the thing gets out of it. So we wanted to put a block of ice in ours. Right. You discover it in another room. This is all phony snow, um, and it worked pretty well. Roy Arbogast was our on-set special effects man. He did a terrific yeah, job.
1: That was tough to do. I remember a lot of dialogue about that because that was going to be throughout the whole movie. Could and if that would have been bad, it would have it looked so it phony that you wouldn't have been able to Check stick to the story.
0: The now I remember you make, this, uh, you make this walk down the hall there, and... As you come out the door, I remember when we were shooting it. You're really pushing the breath. It was cold, but you just hey, tear you though. Yeah. You're really selling. Might that. have started with a cigarette there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: might, might have started with one smoke. One smoke.
0: You're it. still pushing it pretty good. I like that. And now you you see what we don't see yet, and we're about to introduce that element for. Uh, Dice Art's going to come down. And, and track back. Oh, that's really, uh, great. There we are no, revealing the uh, block of ice and. Uh, And again, a beautiful set. Um,
1: James Arness's bed.
0: (laughs) It was a great set, wasn't it? Another pullback uh, situation. Yes, it was, and and extremely beautifully done. This was uh, uh, perceived at the time to be uh, a film that was, uh, I, I don't know what the word is, cruel or something, but I think maybe more it was a somber serious film there wasn't a, there wasn't the kind of humor that you began to see in action movies and horror right. films it wasn't jokes we were taking the characters and the story extremely serious
1: yeah, that's right it was, you're right it was it was it wasn't a time before that seemed to become prevalent in these kinds of scary movies that even in, even in the ones some of the ones that you had done and when Escape from New York where there was a little bit of humor this one had very, very little. It, had, it has one fab. <laughs> it has one of my favorites ever in a movie. When, when that when that guy's crawling away, we'll see that later on. But uh... the
0: characters, you know, like your character didn't there make any uh, uh, ironic asides to right. the audience or say or say uh, kind of heroic lines. Shelter. We all played it uh, and committed to being very believable. We rehearsed the actors. You know, we remember we had rehearsals for two weeks mm-hmm. where we would That's play right. this. And uh, it was an
1: intimate, wasn't it? I mean, it was such was. a just small intimate. It was a story about
0: claustrophobia. It yeah. was a story about men and I really enjoyed the fact that there uh, there it was a it was all of men involved oh, yeah. in Yeah, that was
1: that was interesting too because it was an as I remember it was an all male crew uh, crew except for Candy, I think her name was, That's who was right. pregnant and she had to leave the show because she was pregnant and that was basically an all male crew.
0: All of us. And I I won't discuss
1: it just created an interesting situation, though I thought, because it, there was no uh, posturing of any kind, uh, because there was nobody to posture for. No, you know we were I mean? all pretty was, equal it was, on this show. Yeah, it was very interesting.
0: So uh, now we're bringing in the corpse of uh, of the thing, <laughs> and I thought that Rob did a pretty good job That's with with this uh, this creation. We had to use old fashioned. <laughs> uh, um, a and B smoke on this, which is incredibly hard to, to deal yeah. with. As you can see, Will Brimley reacting—he's—he's he's being truthful yeah. in his reaction. I was to
1: say this is one of those scenes too, where it's, a, it's an eight-man acting contest—who—who can, who can act like it smells the worst, and everybody was thinking that. And then when it, we pulled that thing off, it was—it was pretty rugged.
0: And uh, yet, you guys are still there. You're still We're hanging there. hanging over it. <laughs> Because this, this smoke is extremely pungent. They've changed it now in these sensitive times when people can't handle cigarette smoke anymore. <laughs> so, uh,
1: is the AV smoke a little more politically correct in terms of <laughs> being able to breathe it? Uh, 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 uh,
0: uh. But I remember as a director, this was one of my biggest challenges because I saw you, you 11 actors, with, all with dialogue and scenes, and I just started wanting to run the other direction. I didn't know quite how to do it. I learned... Uh, isn't
1: it the toughest thing there is to do as a director? To uh, take the worst. nine or ten people around a table... It's the worst. ...for five, six, seven minutes and be able to make the audience remain interested in what they're saying?
0: That was what's so stunning about the way the first movie was done. They had a... I watched it again. They had a 36-shot. They had 36 <laughs> people in a shot. <laughs> and um, there's a meaningful look from you there. I, I, interesting, how long did it take you to grow uh, that hair? And, uh, and yeah,
1: there? it was a long time. I. I I, I was a year or so, because uh, I think the last movie I'd done was Escape. You already had it already. I, I had it already, I, but I had to cut it. I remember I did that play, and I had to cut it short. That was after. Or I guess that was after this, that was wasn't after it? The That's thing. right, so, so it was in between so that.
0: So Tommy Waits is uh, not paying enough attention to uh, getting uh, his message across. We start to learn that no one is listening to them. Their storms have shut everything down. and uh, They're doing autopsies. We're about to cut to one of the... Delicious shots that the audience was repulsed by. Basically, what you have is a, a kind of a rubber creature where Brimley reaches in and pulls out some fresh <laughs> liver. <laughs> Brimley, having been a real cowboy, had no problem and, and was trying to tell us what it's like to.
1: He's just getting a deer there. <laughs> That's it. That's basically <laughs> all there is.
0: <laughs> Look at how he sells it. He kind of squishes it around yeah. and brings it out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <And, laughs> <laughs> a boy will. He it's really true, though, I remember, it. at this time, the audience was <laughs> beginning to have a tough time.
0: And basically, when we get to the dog sequence, <coughs> uh, they me. really had a tough time. The dog yeah. sequence uh, drove a lot of people nuts. There he goes. Now he's really selling it for you. It to be normal. But uh, we Will love his character. Reality
1: too? I mean, what is good about that is without that shot, this doesn't have the... doesn't, doesn't hold the same punch, punch that the... Uh,
0: and you've got to take this stuff seriously, I feel, in order to make this movie... Uh, uh, something more than just a, a kind of a creaky monster movie. And basically, what you've got in monster films is that you have a guy in a suit. You end up there. You end up in some technique. And I wanted to do a movie where you didn't have that. But well, this was a real, real creature. Now, also occurred at the same time, there's a little article in the paper. I remember reading about some kind of new disease that was occurring. That's right. It was called AIDS, Yeah, it was and just, people were dying. Yeah. And it was a very weirdly similar and <laughs> dynamic to what we were doing because you couldn't tell That's who right. had it.
1: That's right. They, it, was, it, it was just the beginning of the AIDS being discovered in the press. And uh, it really was spooky because they didn't know what was causing it. They didn't know who had it. They didn't know how somebody got it. And uh,
0: you would actually have to do a blood test to yeah. find out, which is what your character eventually right. does in the picture. So now we're about to get into uh, the, the dog sequence, which is uh, the first time we really show uh, Strap the Thing's stuff and show that it's...
1: Uh... I love all the interplay here of some of these guys. I you know, just noticed Charlie looking at the dog kind of strangely. And everybody had their own little thing where they they gave you a little bit of story just sometimes with, with the way they behaved. Because
0: uh, the actors, were, you guys were so committed to character. The, yeah. You and were that so committed was, yeah. to do telling the story. This was a difficult sequence to shoot because anytime you have a bunch of dogs and you introduce this dog who is a tremendous acting dog, Jed, he comes in and he's pausing at all times, his trainers. Now the other dogs, to keep them still while he walks in, is it was a big feat. They would want to jump up and bark. And uh, we're trying to get him in the position of the phony rubber dog, which... You now he.
1: I remember lighting remember the lighting was real important here too, wasn't it, because of the, what you were the, about to get into. The
0: phony dogs always, the fur doesn't look real. Yeah. And I'll show you when you cut to it. If you look really carefully, you can tell it's a, uh, that's a real dog. That's not. And, uh, of course, it's a wide shot. It works. But now, in a second, we'll cut to another phony dog shot. These are the dogs reacting. That's a phony dog. We had to take the light off it. And there's a phony dog because the fur doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to start to. Um, that's a real. Yeah, this is. Cool. now he start. They all start barking. We're going to start into our effects. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Crack it open.
1: I love this because when now that time has passed, you can look at this and you can see some of where the monster has, or the monster, some of where the organism has. Ex- what other planets it's been to? What was there? What was on those planets? Where? What? What did? It, uh, what did it run into that I had to
0: imitate? And it's imitated every life form it's been, you know, encountered, so who knows. I mean, that it becomes a crab worm dog with its head split open, it's pretty bizarre. And now it's going to shoot carbapole at the other dog. Basically that's the stuff uh, in Twinkies and it's really fairly harmless. It looks worse than than it is, but it splash o splash o yeah. the poor oh, little pole. dog wanted to get out of there <laughs> quick. <laughs> but we had the Humane Society with us and and of course, now Masser comes in and we do a cheap trick where we throw a throw a dog on him and try to get the audience <laughs> to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, tentacles that you see uh, 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 moving around in a minute are actually whips that Rob Bottin is operating, much like Indiana Jones. Uh, great lighting in this uh, yeah, set yeah. because you couldn't show, you wanted to see nothing, and yet here it comes. Bang now. Yeah. There it goes. Cheap trick. Off <laughs> to go the dog. And uh, here come the whips. Rob is, there he goes. He's doing a good job with it, too. Pulling the whips back in. We used a lot of reverse uh, motion technology, all sorts of things. And you hear this inhuman scream and decide That's to right. operate the. Something's, and something's it's up.
1: playing on his mind. That's why he's up here. That's right. He's, he's, Getting a he's beard. Trying to figure out what's going on. That doesn't sound right. He, he, we figured he had kind of an early suspicion that something very, very, very wrong was taking place, right? And he was right. He <laughs> turned out to be right.
0: And I love the way you played this character, which was extremely real and a, and a kind of low key guy. I thought he was uh, really terrific. Took took charge when it needed to be done, but. That uh... was a
1: fun idea, too, of, of being to play a character who was not, uh, was not Mr. Fabulous from the top. He wasn't Mr. Big, He wasn't the guy who was going to take care of the situation. He was. Somebody who was going to be sort of forced into it,
0: and yet he's an extremely reasonable man. But he, later, he, just, yeah, he just has to he has to do what he has to do. <clears throat> so we're about to see some more uh, trick effects. Now the, some of the Stan Winston effects are about to take place. That's uh, when Rob was busy uh, trying to pull off the schedule. He asked Stan to come in and do this particular monster, which worked out pretty well. That's it's, a, we shot this much later. <laughs> excuse me, much later in the schedule. And there are a lot of folks underneath the set operating this whole thing.
1: Of course, we're looking at the black gobos there with, with big white X's on them. You guys are seeing nothing. We're seeing nothing.
0: And this is a reverse shot. We actually pull the tentacles in. That's a pretty horrible little reverse shot here of phony dog getting uh, covered. And off you go.
1: Let's try the shotgun first.
0: And that's pretty good. Shoots a little blue out. We discovered that the audience would accept, a you know, yellow goo or purple goo, but not blood. They got upset if the yeah. thing was too red.
1: That was a tough moment for Nasser, I think, having to stop, stop me from shooting whatever this was. I mean, like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> Look at that.
0: There goes the hands up to the ceiling to blast through and... And, um... Uh, This was, I remember, the first time we ever used the real flamethrower on the set. We had two models, one that wouldn't shoot and one that would, and Keith David's running in to save the day, and he actually gives it a blast with a real, we were all rather nervous about this. And here comes a very strange, the eyeballs in it that are opening up, and it...
1: It was. It's pretty tight quarters here because if he turns any direction of that thing while it's on, you you weren't going to have time to get out of the way. That's correct. Look at that. Now, I love that plant because that, that was some other plant.
0: And now we set the set on fire and then you, you run in, guys run in and put it out. As a matter of fact, you played a practical joke on me one day after you had used the flamethrower. After lunch, uh, there you were standing with bandages on your face and the crew around you. And you said, John, I got burned, man. I can't work anymore today. I, I had burned. to stare at everybody's face to see where they, I know they're kidding me. But where is it? I know it was, everybody was pretty good. It was a
1: pretty elaborate scheme. It took, took getting to the whole crew and a uh, half was an hour great. of makeup. It was great. You look like the invisible man, just <laughs> these eyes showing.
0: It was fantastic. So now we've discovered. The audience and the and the characters have discovered that in fact uh, we're in in deep trouble here. And uh, they're going to try to figure out what to do. Will I think his favorite moment in the film was opening this up, and pulling out the thing underneath. It. it he really got into being a biologist. Yeah. He wanted to play a character who. Uh, who who was a. a, a very straightforward with what he was doing, and I, he just brought all his uh, all his cowboy uh, uh, experiences to it. Oh boy! <laughs> he told me, Al, you know it stinks when you open those things up. I once asked Will, when he was doing a scene, I said, Boy, that's an incredible performance. I said, What are you thinking about? He says, Oh, like picking up my laundry. <laughs>
1: Look at it, this thing. What was this? It was just a, a was sculpture. Just a sculpture, yeah.
0: And wrapped around it is is basically uh, oh, it's like foam rubber. And we're pulling it off to reveal another thing underneath. It's like a, a Chinese boxes. You keep opening them up, and there's something more underneath there. And we're going to go to the sequence where uh, you see what we're talking about here is an organism. Time time cut, but uh, Brimley's explaining <laughs> the imitation and I, we found it really difficult to get across to the audience something that's rather simple which is the life cycle of this of this creature that it can imitate you and and uh, one organism can become the entire world.
1: And again it's a scene for you that you had to do with 12 people standing around a table after on after the previous scene of 12 people standing around a table and you've got to somehow fa- make it interesting for the audience and this this to me is a, it would be be the the most difficult stuff as a director. I just don't know what I'd do here. I I always was and see how you were going to break this up, how you're going to move the camera and stuff because there's just nowhere to go.
0: There's nowhere to go and it's thankless kind of stuff. Now this is a scene with uh, Richard Master and uh, Will Brimley and and Brimley's uh, performance here is just incredible. His his subtlety and his fear and his suspicion that uh, Something is going on, and Master's very low-key indication that maybe I'm uh, not who yeah. appear to be is the beginning it's really of where our the movie, started, really, our movie begins. We really could have begun the movie here, I suppose, by by starting the film with a discussion of the creature and then having this happen. But um,
1: it is the subtlety of the playing here that it's the acting. Let, it's the let acting. Let the audience it's uh, a think the that wait a and, a minute, this is just starting to fall apart. So one one guy's getting suspicious of another and the other guy's getting real defensive about it.
0: Why are you looking at me? What? No reason, no reason at all. I
1: don't know, it's probably nothing.
0: And uh, we begin to uh, kind of pile up, uh, pile up the story now a little bit because uh, we're looking at videotapes of, of the Norwegian camp. I'm there someplace in that videotape okay, uh, somewhere. This is something we shot up in British Columbia. <clears throat> Basically, the uh, backstory yeah. of uh, unearthing the saucer, and uh, there we go. I don't know where this I was am this was the expedition
1: of the Norwegians.
0: That's right? right, and in black and white, and there's Norbert up there, they take these shots? and uh, we're we're going to dig and plant charges and so forth, and
1: there's, Barbara. 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 there's Donald Moffat and Joel and
0: uh, Peter Maloney in the Peter background right? there. This was a Matt painting. That was great. Um, trying to show the saucer under the ground. This was a Whitlock special. And, look at that. and then the explosion that comes in a little bit is another Whitlock special. Well, it was, was, was great that uh, he was now. able to come through for us. And um, we're basically, uh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. And then the kind of fades around a little bit. Here and you're on your way here for a helicopter sequence to uh... to find out what went on so now we're getting ready for the uh... helicopter trip to the the giant crater which holds the, uh, the flying saucer here we are again up in uh, the alaskan ice fields Well, juno and you're flying along or someone that looks like he's flying along very beautiful shot here and we're on our way to a, uh... basically a matte painted sequence that we put together Albert Whitlock uh, oversaw it
1: now we're on a, a gimbal for that shot or is that are we up there hundred feet off the ground
0: actually we were on a mountain <laughs> we punched into the top of a mountain for that particular shot now we're back to our second unit and uh, we're landing um, this is uh, extremely beautiful music by Ennio Morricone through this area I thought that he really brought something now, they were on top of this mountain actually we you are getting out into the snow but the helicopter is bouncing around now that's a second unit shot. The music is really uh, stunning through here. It uh, gives you a sense of foreboding and dread. Now you're coming up and looking down yeah, this, a real glacier. This,
1: yeah, this was, uh, this was amazing because as I remember this, this was about 400 feet above the ground. And if we didn't know exactly where that next step was, you, you literally couldn't tell the difference between the next step and 500 feet down.
0: And you would very, have been very, gone. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was very strange.
0: And now uh, you're throwing uh, you're throwing over ropes, but actually people who look a great deal like you are going to be climbing down. There you guys are. <laughs> That's a real cliff you're on, that they're on there starting down, but it's Matt painted in the front, the entire exactly. saucer. Here they go, down they come.
1: That ice was hard. Boy oh boy. I was amazed. I got to go down one time with, uh, with uh, Lawrence there in the helicopter, down, 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 about a thousand feet in between two glaciers. And wow. it was fascinating. It was Spooky.
0: Now Charlie Hallahan is going to describe uh, how long this uh, saucer has been in the uh, ice here, and that the backscatter effect has been uh, uh, melting it down. How long you figure this has been in the ice?
1: Great hat, Kurt. Yeah, I was going to say that's uh, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of commands the scene, doesn't it? (laughs) It's a scene about a (laughs) a hat (laughs) (laughs) and a pair of goggles.
0: (laughs) Now the famous studio shot that everybody talks about in this. this movie is coming up. That's where you have uh, uh, actors walking on the universal back lot, right here, walking over. We didn't have a wide shot and this was all a, a painting, basically, except for the three figures. And now we're going to cut to uh, British Columbia on our set where we dug a hole. So
1: that last shot was done on the lot?
0: On the universal backlot, yeah. Pretty blue ice under there, huh? Amazing. Now we're into some of our night sequences, which were extremely difficult to do, and a big expository scene, which I don't like doing because I didn't quite understand how to do it. Um, And I had a shot that Dolly's back and shows more of the room, and Dean Cundey's was upset at me because we had to pull one of the walls. He was afraid that would violate the third wall thing. If the camera goes further than the wall, the audience knows it's a set. It's about
1: this time, too, that as a screenwriter, you start worrying about the audience saying, well, why don't they just call somebody? And that's, of course, why we, that stuff took place earlier where the radios were going down.
0: And we there, there's a lot of problems you had to solve in this movie to isolate them and be realistic. Beautiful lighting in this scene. And, and uh, here's the shot I'm talking about as we come back and let Keith pull us around and pull behind Will since he was against the wall. Uh Dean was afraid the audience would know what we did. Um, I said, well, it doesn't really matter. we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it anyway.
1: Now, Donald's character was the, uh, he was sort of the guy in command, right? He was the right. leader of the pack. And
0: but you always felt like he was slightly uh, out of place he's, he's, being that leader.
1: Such a good actor. He, he really is. We'd done the Newland, uh, which was a television series uh, in the early 70s together, I was ask uh, him? really happy to be working with him again. And... Uh, made great friends on this show. I made really great friends on the show, and they I, I'd been working in the business, I remember, at that point, 21 years, and they said, you know, Kurt, you got to do a play. And but, they talked me into it, and I did one the next year, and uh, I was really glad I did, but I really, these, these guys were, were a great group.
0: Uh, John Wash, a friend of mine from uh, USC, uh, who designed the uh, the graphics for Escape from New York, also designed these graphics, trying to explain the life cycle. It's, the, the thing takes over one normal cell, as you can see. And We still didn't get it quite right, but it doesn't matter. And uh, it, strangely, at the time, Kurt, when we previewed the movie, we got a, somebody on the card said that there would this kind of technology doesn't exist. It wouldn't exist. This kind of animation graphics. Oh, really? In computers. Huh. And it's strange. Now you look at it, you see yeah, how crude it's, it's, yeah, it looks. Yeah,
1: it's crude. Looks looks like an old game of uh, what was that? Uh, pong. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. It's a pong game.
1: Pong, asteroids.
0: <laughs> I loved asteroids. Yeah, that asteroids is good. One. Asteroids, my favorite. Didn't now, we have one up there? We, we had, had it. We had we, it on the set. Yeah, we had it on the set. Everybody played it. <laughs> we put this in that uh, to explain what was happening, uh, and basically the idea being that within a certain amount of time, the thing could take over the population of the Earth. Right and the stakes then Brimley Brimley's character Blair knows the stakes and does what he does next is entirely understandable 27,000 hours from first contact and uh, so we're into apocalypse I mean we're into the end of the world unless action is taken so he's going to have to uh, he's really gonna have to do something now we had big discussions that about whether you would know you were the thing Right. I if heard you heard it got just, it imitated.
1: Just, yeah, it got so uh, deep as you thought about it, you'd get more and more into it, and then finally you f- realized you couldn't ever possibly figure out. We didn't know whether the, our, ourselves, whether we would know whether we had been taken over because it takes you over so perfectly.
0: So, for instance, would McCready, is he, if he's a thing right now, would he would, know yeah. he was a thing? <laughs> yeah. Or would he continue to act like a human being? Right.
1: Or would you try to hide it and pretend you're
0: okay <laughs> it was really fun to think about yeah,
1: it really was endless discussions about that
0: now this interior here was actually shot up there on British Columbia on our set in the inside of our set we did this whole sequence up there um, because John Lloyd had built a little room for us and uh, outside is the real thing this was rather cold and uh, I had <laughs> done some rewriting at this point so we wanted to clarify the sum of the story Joel Polis comes up and asks I'm you to go to out in the call so and discuss right. things. And we have another little uh, what is it? setup scene here where Bennings gets taken over. And with uh, well, a rather last minute thing because the thing was out of the movie for a while and I wanted to keep it alive. I was going to
1: say, you've got to start thinking about that, don't you, at this point? Well, what's going on for the last few minutes?
0: And where are we now? He, he opens up, uh, looks at the sculpture that Rob did once again. And all this was shot up there on location, so it's, it's slightly, uh, slightly different. We were a little bit tired and hung over by this point in the filming. So,
1: we were there for what three and a half weeks.
0: It was about three, three weeks, a maybe a little longer. We were trying to get home for Christmas. That's right. And uh, we barely made it out.
1: <laughs> That's a great shot there.
0: <laughs> little horror movie stuff where the monster's is moving. And <laughs> basically, the thing is still alive. They haven't discovered a way except to burn it yet, and they can't really kill it that way. So um we had some tentacles Rob gave us some rubber stuff to take up with oh, us. That's great. We had to utilize it and and um, the next scene the exterior you and Joel Polos are out uh, talking. This is a, a rather cold but beautiful was, night yeah. and uh,
1: this stuff was rough. It was pretty tough to this see. This stuff was rough because after being in the the room all day and that was the thing is that you could never really get warm because that, that couldn't be warmed up because the snow would melt off the roof. So you were kind of, everybody kind of got slowed down. And I was amazed at the lenses and stuff did so well up there.
0: They did pretty good. We had to leave them outdoors. We couldn't bring them inside or they'd never, fog up.
1: You can never get them warm.
0: But you guys were, what I what I loved about it was the actors were always ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> always ready to go.
1: They loved this movie. They really did.
0: And committed to uh, playing it and, and, and getting past the extreme difficulty of the conditions we were working under. We were all li- Some of us were living in just in just huts down the hill, and we'd have to, to come up the mountain every day to, to location. And, and uh, it yeah, was something else. The ride
1: up the hill was pretty exciting in itself. Was it 26 miles? 26 miles and from And every here. mile there would be a oh, cutout where the, a truck could go outside because the ones barreling downhill never stopped. Couldn't That's stop, right. right? So they'd had those walkie-talkies, and they'd call out their checkpoints, and when they got close, the one going uphill would find the next nearest... Uh, dig out and, and get in there. Get quick. in there quick,
0: because the Cause truck they're, coming they're down is not going to stop were. for you.
1: And 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 to to make you know that it was all true. Remember, we every once in a while you'd see those trucks that had gone down on from from falling. Look at this.
0: <laughs> the poor guy had to take his uh, shirt off up there in the, in the cold and do it. So now we're getting into uh, what happens to Benning's. Here comes Tommy waits running out. Joe Dante saw this in, in at my house on tape. He said, well, you dollied over and dollied back. That's low-budget filmmaking. Thought, <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> so we're about to uh, go out and burn uh, Bennings. Oh, boy, I'll
1: never forget this. I almost got hurt on this. This is the first time this, anything like this would ever happen to me. You watch, watch the explosion here and watch me, and you'll see. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be quite this big.
0: <laughs> now, is that the one where you threw the dynamite? Yeah. No, that's later. Is that picture. later on? Yeah, this is the one where you... you uh, we just burn him. We just burn him. Now, those those are real flares. I don't know about you, but I got my fingers burned <coughs> oh, more times on those things. So he's got some, some claws on, he makes a growl. And basically, you kick over a, a gasoline drum and and, uh, and drop the torch in. See you later. See you later, man. And we're out there in it. It's uh, it's grim. It doesn't look quite so bad now, but we've got snow coming down, and and it's not fun. Now you're setting dummy on fire. And good stuff. Cool stuff. What, what I
1: like about that is if, if that's in a different movie and you start the fire the other way, of course the can explodes. <laughs> that couldn't be our that couldn't be our problem.
0: This was shot at Heartland as we were doing effects. We added this to kind of clarify things and give... Donald's starting to go. Starting to go a little bit. and It also shows that McCready just takes care of business. He, he has a job to do and he doesn't have time. He's accepted what the others, some of the others can't accept. Here we are. They don't
1: want to believe the truth.
0: Here we are, we have to take care of business and get it done. So.
1: What's good about this, too, I think, is at this point the audience did believe that the people were human beings. We weren't cartoon characters. They were, they were, they were human lives, and it was, this, it was a tough thing to have to kill another person that you've known.
0: That's right. It was believable. That's right. I, mean, I think the, the successful films always have that element of believability in them, no matter where they are, that you can hang on to. Here you actually give a pretty good goose with the old flamethrower there. All right,
1: this is kind back. of fun. That flamethrower was pretty, pretty cool rig.
0: Yeah, I was a little <laughs> afraid of having actors standing yeah. in, in front of me with those things. There you go. That's
1: nice. Gas coming out of that
0: thing. We're burning up some uh, phony corpses there. We had a Canadian crew with us, because our British Columbian crew we had to take with us. They were a lot of fun. They really got some good shots for the second camera. So that's all of them. Out
1: the no of the women. No women in the movie. No. That That was kind of. As I remember, we we talked about that at the time. There there hadn't been a movie for a long time that had no women.
0: Zero women. I mean, nowhere.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, we're about to get into the uh, Blair sequence, one of my favorite scenes when Blair goes nuts and destroys the radio. I love the lighting that Dean did with the blue uh, lights. Those were actually Mm -hmm. uh, from airports. They're airport markers but the deep blue of them was really spooky on the snow, and very pretty.
1: Yeah. Yeah, things are starting to turn a little more south now.
0: Now Joel Polis is explaining what's going on, and and who he can't find, and this is a moment in the movie where we take a kind of a pause. Um,
1: Trying to figure things out. Now that people are getting real suspicious, he's getting suspicious of me.
0: It's a bad scene.
1: Yeah, it starts to that that the uh the uh, intimacy of the movie I think starts to really take hold here and the fact that these guys are stuck up there together and there's nobody else around and start to
0: Now um, we don't know who that is, but it is uh, supposedly Blair who's destroyed the helicopter so that you guys can't get any place. Blair and he's gonna destroy the radio so you can't contact anyone because he's convinced that uh all of you or one of you is the thing.
1: That's one of those scenes where the similarities of the wardrobe worked well for the screenplay because.
0: Who's who? Who's who. Kind of a spooky shot of a helicopter under a tarp. And uh, we don't know why you find that flashlight. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we do find it. And, so we can do this little trick here. This was a mock up of a helicopter, not a real one. And it was way oversized. Yeah, it blew but it up. This
1: was still out there, wasn't it? In, uh, uh, this was still on location.
0: Uh-huh. We're still in British Columbia. Now, you've you heard a gunshot and you're gonna run inside. When we're try back. To...
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, well, you're never, doing your best. Try to <laughs> run the snow.
0: <laughs> nice little pantaglide shot down our set hallway and we're into the Blair scene. This is one of my favorite scenes because it's of great. how oh, nuts we guys go. nice hit there. And unlike uh, the original movie, there's not quite, not quite a scene like this where the men have to work together to try to subdue one of their own. He's just going to town in there, and poor uh, Tommy Waits is underneath it all. We ran uh, two cameras on this and just let Will go for it.
1: It really, it really does, da- this, this idea here of directing everybody's attention at one character. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Now, it, you might notice uh, uh, Keith's left hand, he hides behind you. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had broken it in a car accident. They had this gigantic uh, bandage on it, so we had to put a, a glove over it and paint it black so that he could continue acting.
1: As I remember, the only car he had driven prior to that one was a stolen car in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, go for it, Will. <laughs> the
0: wheel is really going to go now. <laughs> Wanted to be us, Will said, which is a very chilling line and I i just think he did a great job. Now there's gonna be a, a little scuffle here in a second, uh that Will was very worried about. He was worried about getting hurt. You can see
1: he's gonna have nine guys charging him.
0: <laughs> he blasts towards uh Keith oh, David there on, and you don't wanna hurt anybody. I'll kill you. Opens it up. Go the for gun, it, Will. He here you come. Here's what he, watch him as he backs up. There you go. He doesn't want to get hit too hard. People go flying. Everybody loved taking their own stunts here. He was throwing things around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Poor Tommy can't join in the fun. So we have to deal with Blair now and and isolate him from the group because he's too nuts. And he gives... uh, the scene that's coming up was one of my favorites in the movie where where you have to uh, explain to him that uh, trust is a tough thing to come by right. these days. Right. And I thought that was yeah. kind, of the, kind of the summation of the movie. Now you're leading Blair out to uh, this shack where you're going to keep him. This looks like pretty terrible weather for us here, as it was during most of our shoot up there, except for a couple of nice days. What
1: about your shack? I think this was one of the... One of the earlier shots that we did, wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So they're barricading him in, and one of our famous needle shots, you oh, know, people yeah. have told me that that bothers them more than, than anything. anything else. Now, yeah. did
1: somebody have to volunteer for that shot?
0: Our camera operator, Ray, yeah. Ray Stella, <laughs> he said, I can do this all day.
1: Ray's in rehab now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> one of my favorite lines coming up here, and, and Blair doesn't know who to believe. Doesn't know who to trust. I don't
1: know who to yeah. trust. I don't know what you mean, Blair. Trust a tough thing to come by these days.
0: Just <laughs> trust in the Lord, Blair. Hey, boy, why don't you just trust <laughs> the Lord? And he starts sowing the seeds of uh, of dissent here about Clark. Watch him.
1: I said watch
0: Clark. And in a minute, we're going to get into... Uh, watch him uh,
1: that <laughs> it was great to that. Did you hear me? And really, so really well hair. done. Yeah.
0: I mean, he really pulled it off, pulled off this whole character. So we're outside again in our location here in a second and um, discussing some sort of a blood test. Is there a way to take care of things? Again, one of our, our really uh, bad days in terms of weather.
1: I remember when we looked at this uh, halfway through the movie, or uh, the end of the movie, camping, thinking of all these the guys looking the same. You you couldn't, was it was going to be very difficult, be difficult to discern one person from the other. So how do we know who's human? If I was an imitation... This was the, this was the scene that got everybody talking throughout really the whole <laughs> movie. We never figured out... You could never figure this out. I know. That's what you got you... And, we talked about the ending of the movie <laughs> for, for, for the whole movie.
0: So uh, the blood test scene, actually when... when uh, uh, Richard Dysar discovers the open bags of blood and all the men come into the room is probably the biggest nightmare scene for me as a director that I've had that, that day I arrived on set and I found all of you there ready to act with lines I had no idea what to do I had never been confronted with that before
1: standing looking
0: It was terrible we're coming up to that scene in a moment this is fairly easy though this was a limited number of people it's still always difficult to uh, in the amount of time you have to make a film to make sure that, that you uh, cover a scene correctly. I probably should use the word "cover but <laughs> <laughs> So here we move up to the uh, move up to the dripping blood, and we realize now that somebody has sabotaged all their blood supply, and now we're into my nightmare scene.
1: And so one of them now somebody got to the blood. One of them now is uh, bad news.
0: Yeah, this is where
1: the paranoia starts to really grab a hold and it.
0: It is, and it's a, as you can see from the lighting, it's kind of dark and, and shaded slightly. And we creep to the right here with the camera and revealing uh, Dysart, and he begins to distrust uh, Donald Moffat, and Moffat begins to distrust everybody. It really t- turned out to be a terrific scene, but did I have a clue of how to do it when I got there in the morning? No, I had no idea.
1: Yeah. it from you, Doc? I don't see how. As soon as I'm finished, I return it right away. <laughs> These guys are going at it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the paranoia is what, yeah. uh, kind of the glue that holds the movie together. It's, of course, I think the most disturbing thing for the audience. That's what bothered them so much. And uh, I always felt the characters reflected their time, just as yeah. Hawks' original movie and his characters reflected theirs. This is the time that we're living in.
1: Yeah. This is, occasions. it really is where the movie shifts into third so gear and to There no, we go.
0: Now we have a confrontation where it's a battle for leadership, but when you have men under these conditions without leaders, uh, just like any nation,
1: Survival this, yeah.
0: it comes down to a real grim scene. And this was a difficult scene again for me to stage because of the the shape of the hallway. I had a right. a T shape, and I had to get all of you in there. There's only a part of you in this part, and the rest of you are down the hall. It seems so easy to direct movies when you're looking at them and and thinking about them, but boy, to get out and do it is tough.
1: That's right. The taking of the gun here was a turning point in the movie. Where you this was the first. This is what we talked about the first time where you begin to see uh, McCready
0: assert himself who everybody can control. Mm-hmm. and he really doesn't particularly want control he right. just wants to uh, kind of uh, survive the situation so um, uh, Gary gives up his command but but tries to give the gun to right. to someone else Clark and uh, and childs have a little fight over it Charlie Hallahan is not prepared to take over he's uh, a little too scared
1: where somebody else uh, going to go to
0: goes to Norris but Norris
1: refuses I don't think I'm up to it I'm sorry folks, but no no <laughs> nobody wants that
0: except for your character
1: tempered child
0: who um, I think to me is somebody we all need in in a time of crisis of crisis Except that you turn out to be someone who they suspect later
1: yep.
0: At this point in the movie it gets uh, is, is gets completely claustrophobic as night hits we really don't ever come out of it it's uh, it's a lot of doom and uh, we're now doing a scene that we shot up in our location that we kind of uh, wrote when we were up there uh, burn the blood burn the blood and you give a little speech about
1: yeah. That's right. What we have what
0: to do. Right. This, was, this was the the moment where I felt MacReady uh, took stage and and really explained to the audience what was going on in their dilemma. That was the one thing that we didn't have at that that's point.
1: That's right. that, too.
0: You also came up with a final line for the movie, too. <laughs> well, on we, location. we
1: talked about it forever and ever, didn't we? We just How are we going to end this How are we going to end this story? It takes us over. But this scene does set that up.
0: And it also sets up that, that MacReady, for all his isolation as a character, for all his problems, is someone who is a realist. He's grasping the situation and trying to find a way out. So we're laying in there's a storm, we're laying in that they're trapped, and uh, kind of laying the ground rules for um, the last part of the picture.
1: You know, it's at this stage of the game where I like to look at a movie and... Try to. Hopefully, the movies allowed you to be able to say to yourself, "Now, if I were there, what would I? What would I be like? What would I do? What would I be thinking?" And uh,
0: I think we'd all love to believe that we'd rise to the heroic <laughs> to the moment. moment. I'm not so sure. I think I'd probably be on the floor crying, kicking my heels. It's a pretty brisk little wind that night we had. It, it's pretty cold material out there. Uh, I wasn't very happy with being that cold. And we're shooting up the characters with drugs and, and uh, keeping the the ones obviously under suspicion oh, and drugged system. out. Here's another one of our famous uh, in-your-face uh, shots. <laughs> <laughs> again, in goes the needle. In the, Is that in, Ray? <laughs> Ray? That's Ray, Ray again. <laughs> again, yeah. He wanted to do every one of them. <laughs> and another added scene that we put in later um, where you're dictating the... Uh, Maybe your memoirs into this uh, oh, yeah, tape recorder.
1: And I, we're starting to all get real tired now, too. i huh up for a long time.
0: And no one's sleeping because no one can trust. Because if you go to okay. sleep, you're afraid that someone's going to take right. you over, rip your clothes right. to shreds, and, and uh, absorb you and imitate you. We're wondering now whether there's somebody might come in that door in the back, and yet, rather than put a shadow of a person and suspect you, found some I decided simply to cut to in a second. A shot from behind. I remember dealing in my mind with the fact that is McCready a creature or not? Right. For a long time, I I was hoping maybe we could do something where you were.
1: Yes. But then I thought, (laughs) well, maybe not. I'm not
0: so sure they want to see that. (laughs) So instead, we made it ambiguous. It's not the height of technology with that little tape recorder, but um, he now starts to record... uh, you do look tired and in pain almost about the situation.
1: Yeah, he's starting to. It's, it's like it's starting to get to him. And uh-huh. he's, and he's, uh, he's just about had it. There's the I shot. I love those two shots. It, you just felt like somebody was watching uh-huh. somehow. That was great.
0: Now we're at a, a split diopter here where both the character in foreground and background are in focus. Luckily, we have dark to cover it. And things are really getting serious now. Nobody trusts anybody. And. Uh, and Joel was about to, uh, we're about to have lights out, and Joel was about to run outside and, and meet his doom. We actually had a sequence when the lights went out that we shot, but uh, it didn't turn out as well as we wanted it to, so we <coughs> kind of faked it through here.
1: This was, this was part of the thing, this look here, we tried to uh, drag the lookout on Joel a little bit to try to start to make McCready somehow, maybe suspicious here. <laughs> we're looking <laughs> for our little spots
0: the lights go down and um, we're coming down and doing it. we're in an insert uh, stage at this point trying to trying to cover up some uh, some things that we cut now we're back on our set the entire sequence was lit this blue and it That's really crazy. didn't uh it didn't hold but this is pretty That's interesting right. a little cheap uh, horror movie scare and right. and now he's outside it's uh he's about to meet uh Doom. Joel was very excited. This was his first movie ever.
1: Was I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: he was, uh, he was from New York, and he was just having a blast. And now we lay a little uh, suspicion here on you. Perhaps uh, you've been absorbed.
1: Remember those flares when we were inside uh, inside the sets at Universal? Burn Rubber. your
0: hand, burn the... your lungs. It was terrible. Yeah, it looks bad to me. So now we're into it. we got to go find out what happened. The lights were off, and you're sort of uh, really taking charge here. Um, people are falling
1: apart. Now we're going to team up here. I ain't going with Windows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of my favorite lines yeah. coming up from you. <laughs> It was really great the way you uh, uh, assumed uh, a control over the situation here, and I really felt that you were, you know, in charge of it. So in a minute, you're going to be framed for uh, framed for something that that isn't true, and we're going to get into one of our amazing effect sequences. At least it.
1: There would be nothing else you could do except team up and hope the guy you were with was uh, was okay. That was uh, that was pretty. Uh, we turned we turned the ritters on for that one. Then. Yes,
0: we did. It was unpleasant enough, but we decided to get some little wind going.
1: He's great here. Hey,
0: one of my favorite uh, scenes. This is where I think Blair wants to come back inside. He has a hangman's <laughs> rope. <laughs> a little touch by Bill Lancaster. Oh. And and Will's performance here was hysterical. I've I've used it many times since.
1: It's so great.
0: I'm all better now, and I want to come back inside. Come on, man. (laughs) This was actually shot on a on a soundstage at Universal, and uh, you're selling that uh, flare pretty good, there, Kurt. You have it right up. Right up against your face. I know, face. It's not, <laughs> yes, I was going to say.
1: Okay, Kirk, you get the flare a little bit high? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can here. <laughs> Setting my beard on fire. <laughs> oh, well. Man's got to do what he's got to do.
0: Now we find out what Joel Polos's fate, uh, Fuchs ran outside and was... and was, we assume, absorbed by somebody or somewhere or something. And how do we know? We see his glasses.
1: Uh... Right. These flares were lighting our scenes. And by, by, by this
0: point in the film, uh, yeah. one wonders how these guys are going to ever get out of this. It's, it's like this incredible disease that's spreading. Maybe it's also their it. emotional state. They're, right. they're, no one trusts anyone. Yeah, I think that's uh, the end of Fugues.
1: Now they're trying to figure out. If you'd have time to commit suicide before <laughs> before it could take you over. Great. Now
0: what are we gonna do? It was an interesting situation to to be up in a in a location like this. Uh, I felt that it, it it only helped you guys with the performances being up here in the.
1: Oh yeah, it was great because you, even when you were on the set in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. It, you're still having, you, you'd walk out, in between shots, you're walking outside, and it was 100 degrees, so you'd be snapping in and snapping out, but what was interesting about this is I remember we got those little sheets of paper that talked about people after they'd been in lonely situations for a long time, and they, their first thing would go is their appearance, and then they'd begin to steal things and whatnot, and I, I felt like that I, that was happening to all the actors on the, on, the, on the show.
0: Yeah, I got a little nuts.
1: Yeah. It did start, I and mean, it didn't fall apart, but it was—it it got to be tougher and tougher and tougher.
0: You could understand what would happen to people down there, yes. in a completely isolated yeah. like this. How Well, there crazy. was nothing
1: else to look at because it was all white. Everything was completely white. There was nothing to look at but the people.
0: And you have a kind of a—the um, inside of the set is very bland. There's yeah. nothing to see here. It's all functional. So what would happen but your face?
1: We you. It's interesting. I remember some of the conversations that we had. Uh, you really find out a lot about somebody very, very quickly. And, and, and the all, the everybody, the crew, the actors, everybody.
0: So now we're setting up uh, Charlie Hallahan's heart condition here as uh, someone is coming back from the shack up there. Now we start kicking things into another gear here after a little section of the film uh, paranoia, now it's going to be, let's take some action. In comes TK.
1: He did a good job of being cold here, didn't
0: he? Yes, he did. So basically, uh, you know, you're the man they suspect now. Yeah. And uh, we're getting into one of my favorite sections of the film. From here through the uh, the blood test is, is, I just love.
1: Yeah, it just I keeps getting deeper a, and deeper now. With, on the paranoia. Cut him loose. he's one of them. When do you think't know and I think that it was important for the audience here to uh, to believe, him, believe that it could be McCready and, and colds not colds having been someone who was take charge one one from out. the beginning uh, really allowed you to believe is, you? that it was such an ensemble movie
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of old 1930s haunted house kind of Movie technique, but that's where we were at this point. And you're gonna break into the storeroom and uh, threaten them with dynamite. <laughs> it was fun shooting these scenes. Everybody was so good. It was. Uh, so it was pretty Maybe easy for me to to direct. Just put the camera up and say go. Oh,
1: they were wrong. He's gonna die. That's Charles so is right there. <laughs>
0: Now we had to we had to have uh, Keith David break through that door with an axe and he actually went right at it. You notice everybody else is moving away slightly
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You never know what's going to happen. An
1: axe, a car you never know.
0: actor actor gets something a deadly weapon in his hand. You get frightened.
1: This was a great this is a great uh, lighting in here too He mm-hmm. I mean, looks like a ghost here. just looks like absolutely like a ghost. Anyone messes with me and the whole camp goes.
0: But well, here you are, all bundled up with all this makeup on. It must not have been a whole lot of fun.
1: And it t- and it tasted like sugar on the sides of your oh, mouth. Oh.
0: Hear that flare is and up it, there. Yeah. You're doing a good job of kind of hiding part of it too, except for this, this part where th- it's bald. But boy, it looks good. It was a really nice, uh, nice job there. Yeah, you're hiding it with your body. They lift it a little bit there.
1: Yeah. That's, That's- right. It was a. Uh, how did that
0: work? Now you just dropped it down right. so I didn't flare the camera lens. You know, Cundy was yelling at you all the time. Now you get jumped from the inside a little bit here, and you had this flare. We had to get rid of it quick. Yeah. Yep. Well, you held on to it. Oh, yeah. good. Down he goes. You back up. Well done. Well done. Yeah, man, just relax. Yeah, those flares were dripping this this crap on you, and it was pretty bad. I got them, all of I got burning, burned yeah. in my flesh yeah, on my hands. Yeah, anywhere near them. And it wasn't fun at all. And you breathe the stuff, and it makes you want to give up and go home.
1: And then they, and they, la- oh, I remember that too. They lasted for about 90 seconds. And then they're and out. And then you had to pick the scene up
0: and do it again. Or try to do it a little
1: faster. <laughs> try to get one more line in. Kurt, can There's you say that a little faster yeah. this time? No, nobody gets
0: out of my Now we're into the uh, the scene where they're trying to resuscitate um, Norris on the table, and into one of our effects scenes is probably the most, as far as I'm concerned, one of the craziest done.
1: This, this when it, people still talk about this one, they, they I, I worked with Charlie Hallihan uh, just a couple of weeks ago and uh, he said that of all the movies he's done, this is the one, this is the scene that they talk to him about. It's really <laughs> something.
0: Rather than give all the, the secrets of away of the thing, I will just tell you that, that everything you see that there. we do here is, um, <laughs> All basically built and on the set in front of us. It was nothing that we'd put in later.
1: And, and Charlie had to lay down and not move for eight. What was it? Eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours for makeup. This uh, for this one was two shots. You had to do it I'll show you the minute.
0: shot. He had to lay down there, and his chest had to open up. Coming up here in a second. You know, he's he's doing it normally now. The next, uh, it's coming up here in, in just as Dysart right. There. Whoa! <laughs>
1: Bingo. <laughs> yep, oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. Whoa, boy. Yep. There he goes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. Look at that.
0: Pretty disgusting, isn't it?
1: Oh, man.
0: It's Larry Franco stepping in for it's, you there.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're about to blast it.
1: Blastola.
0: And here we go, stretch with the uh, neck. Oh,
1: yeah, this is this is the best line of the movie coming up.
0: And oh, uh, he pulls, uh, the head moves away was... and goes down to the floor. This, this was all on an insert stage later after we finished the picture. and uh, So we shot you here shooting away and burning uh, earlier, and then we put this in later. Look at this. This is a reverse action cut as it finds something to grab onto. And you're letting the thing burn up, which I think is probably a very good idea. And uh, the head crawls across the, uh, pulls itself across the floor. It's about to grow some other appendages and start to move in a minute, which is, I think, a, kind of an incredibly genius idea. Rob, Rob came up with this stuff and it's, okay, man, let's give it a shot.
1: It's just wild and it is, it's just, when you've got the same, theoretically, the same gag that you're going to do over and over, how do you how do you keep making a difference? Look at that. This
0: is all operated from underneath. Uh, it's a phony floor, and we're just pushing everything out. And
1: um, now we're trying to hold hold everything together at the same time. We're trying to tear it apart. This line here is my favorite.
0: <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. i never never have seen anything like this in a movie. Before or after? Now we have a little radio control yeah. thing in the background that's crawling <laughs> away. Yeah, and here not... he comes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
0: And that's another one of those live flame bursts that you did. Yeah. And we set the, put the set on fire once again. Two cameras running. The one out there's the one in the hall that's picking it up. That's a quite a little baby there.
1: How'd you do those sound effects? What was the uh, what would you did you use? I
0: you? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in my favorite scene, Kirk, This is the reason I wanted to make this movie: was uh,
1: the blood testing. The blood testing.
0: I really liked the conclusion that uh, that McCready came to, and I liked the uh, the build-up. Um, it starts earlier, before everyone's tied up, and uh, Clark gets his uh, his comeuppance. We had to be real careful with this. Uh, when he charges you, you had to shoot him point blank. Yep. So we yeah, used no, a quarter load, care. as I remember, but still, we were all really worried. Hey, it was a headshot, wasn't
1: it? Yes, it was, yeah.
0: and he was right next to you. This is a... this is
1: great. This because this is where they were getting down to it. I mean it.
0: <laughs> Real dramatic moment, and we're going to do this in one uh, quickie bang. That was tough. Yeah, I was really worried about it, yeah. uh, but it worked out.
1: Yeah, it was tough. And again, you know, that testing the blood thing, it, it, is, it does remind this me is now bullshit, that uh, it, it makes that you Mac. politically think about things like, uh, as AIDS was coming into the world at that time, Windows identifying Windows. as quickly and as succinctly as possible.
0: It really brings it up and you think about it. Uh, I mean, in this case... Uh, identifying who the creature is is, is a moment of surviving and, and living. And it's about life. And
1: yeah, we're beginning to understand too that that thing just wants to survive. And it's an organism, it's just like us. We could go to another planet and, and eat plants part, and from the plant's it was point of view... Uh, that's we're right. ...this horrendous looking monster.
0: And the issue that, that McCready comes up with, what I, which I like, is that he realizes that there is no individuality in this creature. Right. That every cell is, is uh, uh, an individual on its own surviving that it has no feelings of of wanting to work for a group it it doesn't uh, have any any instincts above its own survival and he figures out that if the blood screams uh well guess what you're a creature now there's a we spent a long time shooting this scene
1: God, this was hard because of the way the stuff was rigged up
0: yep And this got everybody, too, in the audience. They couldn't stand the phony blood on the night. I never could understand this. I thought...
1: Yeah, it's, it's just the all cutting, the simple little things after... I guess it's, a, it's some sort of... Uh, I would say in the same area of comic relief. It, it's like if you're set up by other scenes to make you feel a certain way, then you do some little thing, and uh, it has a great impact.
0: I think it's the sound effect here. I yeah, mean, he has a tube effect. on the back of that thing, yeah. guys. It's not a big deal, and there it goes. It looked kind of silly when you think about it, but, but people got uh, they wussed out on us and got real. <laughs> it screwed. did all these
1: things. Did build pile up on the audience. I remember the time they just oh, they were it shook. Some of
0: they were stuff. shook by it, and uh, one of the reviews at the time called me a pornographer <laughs> and violence. <laughs> <laughs> Made me think about my career. There. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Actually,
1: now. when you look at it, I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's done very subtly. I mean, it really is. It's not. I mean, the the monster is so insane that it's e- it was it was it seemed easy to me to get past the monster and into the story of paranoia. But at the time, it at the time, but it, at the just time wasn't...
0: it didn't. It was they they criticized us for not having uh, women. Yeah, for all being all men. Right. And uh, right. They criticized us for not for having a lack of hope.
1: Um, well, just of the, you know, they haven't, found a, uh, they haven't found a cure here yet at this point.
0: No, and I, I always felt that it, that there was something uplifting about these men who were trying struggling and then in the end willing to give their own lives yeah. to stop it from spreading right. to Is the that, rest of the... At
1: least that would give it a chance. And, of course, I always thought that at the end when we see that, too, it'll remind you it remind me of they couldn't let each other. They couldn't let them. They couldn't let both of them die yeah. without being burned. So yes. one of these guys was going to either have to make a move or or torch to each other if they were truly going to save the world. And I don't know if that was you. you just you and I could never figure out if that. How to do bad. it? Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: So we're um, we're finding out that a lot of people are human, and we're wondering now about uh, about your hypothesis that there the blood's gonna do anything yeah. no one's no right. one really believes you at this point now that yeah, is a this is great. At, at this point uh I suppose we can tell it right. now you're right. that's a phony hand a with uh, our gag already set up and, and oh. I wanted to establish it in a cut early so that you you not right. think about it right
1: right
0: and uh because it is a definitely a phony this hand and uh we I mean, had a uh that's a phony Maloney. <clears throat> we're about to crank this baby here and get going. There you go. Whoa!
1: <laughs> Hello. And uh,
0: if we tilt the table Look to make that. the blood run, and wait, 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 here he goes. Now, this transformation okay. wasn't quite what we wanted, but you know what? It, it worked out all right. Now, oh,
1: this is great.
0: Somehow you're... Uh,
1: it was jammed. We had to come up with that, too. Because yes, you we did. Something, well, huh? Why would he just sit there?
0: And we had to come up with a lot of stuff. Look at this. And uh, very quickly cut so you can't really see what's going on, you know. Up he goes. Ooh,
1: that was a great.
0: It comes back down again. Now we had this creature that Rob brought us. Uh, it that. splits open and wraps his, puts his head in and up he goes.
1: Just ate and
0: We just shoot, shoot it is... uh, every way we could.
1: It, it is completely completely it's not, crazy. It's nuts. Just it is, crazy.
0: It's a nightmare. It really is a vision of hell, as far as I'm I mean, concerned. I wouldn't. I mean, can you this? If this was happening in front of me in reality, I would say, well, yeah. I, I guess, uh, I guess that's about oh, it.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> all
0: slimed, baby. There you go. And now we do the the burn. Now this was I don't reminiscent. Rejo- uh, this is like the first one. The first isn't? one, yeah. But. Um, I rather didn't enjoy this. We had to do it twice because
1: this was tough. Was it? Was that big ball or... No,
0: that was Tony necessary And man, here he man. goes outside. Then we had to. There we go outside. This is. Oh the, yeah. This, when you threw the dynamite oh, here,
1: brother, I want to tell you something that woke me up in a hurry.
0: You weren't ready for this no, explosion.
1: It was over before it happened.
0: Watch yourself now as you throw this. Whammo! Oh, man, it went boy. right
1: by me. I mean, I felt stuff go through me on that. <laughs> I was just lucky. I was just lucky.
0: Of course, that reaction was yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. This is days <laughs> later. <laughs> 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 it <was a> retake.
1: It <laughs> calmed down.
0: Now, we actually have a um, we have some people on the other side of this wall who are operating the hands and legs on sticks.
1: Oh, this was tough, too, because you're burning a still a human being.
0: And you're setting them on fire, and these guys behind the wall are, basically, the wall's on fire. Yeah. They're still operating the puppet. <laughs> so, they didn't enjoy it. <laughs>
1: sound effects were great there. Yeah, they're kind of like a baby or something. Uh huh.
0: Now we're yeah. going to finish up the uh, we're going to finish up the blood test and really find out here uh, who who's left. That's a creature.
1: And now that's great. That's.
0: And there's there's we're down to two. And I thought that that summarizing the the entire situation was uh, Donald Moffat's last line. Yeah. I thought he did a great job with it. Now, Keith David wants to get away from uh, Donald here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut, me Cut me the hell. Come on, get me out of here. Come on,
1: get me out of here. <laughs> Cut me loose, damn it. <laughs> now, he's the last one. That's a great guy. Man. Oh, boy.
0: And here comes the, uh, the end of the blood test. And uh, I must say, I was very, very happy with how the scene turned out. Here comes Donald's line. I thought, well, if you guys, the audience doesn't want comic relief, I mean, here it is for you. Time. I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter Time
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a perfect summation.
0: <laughs> so now we're into the, uh, basically the final act of our picture here, where um, you're going to go out and uh, test uh, Will Brimley. Going to test to and uh, things are gonna start to happen and we're gonna get even grimmer than we have been.
1: Right. Now the stage is set so there's only one more to find out about.
0: As long as you guys could stay together, uh, you're pretty clear. Now that's a Ritter scene at night uh, with wind blowing. Uh,
1: oh, that was, and it was blowing. It was hard to walk up that thing, I remember.
0: Now we're into a set on uh, at Universal. This was built for obvious reasons. Obvious in a moment. It was built up uh, a story, and Blair is gone. His the door is open, but we discover uh, underneath his shack where Blair is in fact a thing and has been building, uh, building something kind of amazing
1: out of whatever he had in that uh, shack
0: and uh, the hella parts of the, the helicopter, helicopter yeah. and. Uh, Again, another ingenious set by uh, John Lloyd, who just did a brilliant job on the movie. This is great. And uh, the colors, uh, the set uh, the set design and the costume design, we try to do a black and white movie in color. In other words, there are really no strong right. colors. Everything right. is very muted. And...
1: and, of course, this is one of those who's going to go down the hole first deals. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Down goes the commander. Actually, this was a a, rather nice little. He was reassuming
1: control. Actually, right? We were. were, uh, He was sort of reassuming control. Uh
0: huh. Now we're down into our little set under here. That. uh, Oh boy. And again, it's not fun to creep down this with those with those uh, Uh, flares. They really are. You couldn't breathe back up in that tunnel, particularly well. And. Oh, that was. And it's refrigerated stage, so we're trying to trying to sell the breath and. all in all, it wasn't a very really fun physical no, experience.
1: It really, it really was exhausting. After a whole day of that, you'd be, you'd be really tired, and then the next day was more of the same. And
0: uh, you go home to the wife. They don't understand. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's wrong, honey? Why don't you want to go out? <laughs> oh, I'm dead, man.
1: I'm dead. It, you all, <laughs> It was also one of those movies where you begin to, th- you talk back to that, what was that John Wayne movie where they figured everybody on the set got cancer because of some asbestos oh, or something. The yeah, yeah, Conqueror, yeah. And we began to say, well I can remember exactly when I uh, got it, it was on the thing.
0: And now we're showing you back in the compound that in fact uh, something else has happened there with Childs. He was He was actually standing guard and now the door is open and he is gone. So, uh, things are getting really grim here. We're going to blow up the saucer and. And. Uh, actually, this is the kamikaze mission coming up. This is the suicide mission. We're going to shut the place down. Ooh, that looks grim. And out comes uh, Childs, who staggers around. We don't know quite what's going on here. Now, the lights are going to go off. When the lights go off, it's going to be all blue and dark. The generator is. Is shut down. I still can't decide game. whether Childs was a creature or not. I know. What. I thought that was. Uh, I cannot decide. Um, yeah,
1: there was, there was, there was no way of telling and no way of ever knowing. <laughs> the only question you could say was, why did he leave his post? Yeah.
0: Oh. You got it and now the decision is made. Uh, you're going to freeze very quickly. Then you, you would too. And in, in reality, it wouldn't be long, and you guys would be toast. Six
1: hours. All you could do is start setting fire to your own, uh,
0: your own surroundings. Again, you're acting with this flare um, and doing a very good job of not burning yourself with it. I mean, what we all wanted you to do was get it close enough to your face, still, and yet not too close. <laughs> in a moment we're going to have a the the tractor uh, well we're going to blow up the shed first and and blowing up this camp was was an experience i'll never forget yeah i i'll never forget it as long as i lived in I, I, I could not believe what it felt like to blow blow shacks that big it made... this, is,
1: this is also in, this, in the movie where you a long way from the end you've told the audience it ain't going to be a happy ending <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, wham. Those all remote cameras doing a lot of this. That one was nothing compared to what's coming up. We're we're really going to blow this whole place to smithereens. And now in comes a tractor, and uh, someone who looks a lot like you is driving it. A <laughs> wound as it goes through the stage floor into the sub-basement below our floor and kind of gets stuck. And now, you guys, uh, the three of you, are going to set fire to our stages at Universal on the inside, which was not... Well, a little, little questions about that. We had we had the fire department standing by and fire extinguishers, but still you, you'd hate to be responsible for burning down Burbank.
1: And that cuts in between outside and inside here where and this is uh this outside stuff coming in was uh, that this outside <laughs> stuff. Look at that. <laughs>
0: it went. It went.
1: And I remember now everybody uh up when we were in Alaska talking about, you know, what, what if this, what if this thing's a little stronger than they figured, and it doesn't really go up too good. You're gonna have to go back, next to, What were you gonna do? If that if that explosion would just sort of have to. I guess you'd have to live with it, or you'd have to live with it or, or try it and a, try a, it,
0: a special effect, yeah, special put okay. over explosion or something. We were actually blowing these rooms uh, yeah. and moving down this hallway. Uh, and now we finally got it done now we've set the whole thing on fire in that shot and we're coming over to you guys and you're going to go down into one of the, our prettiest sets which is the the basement below everything where uh, the generator is and uh, I thought John yeah, Lloyd did an incredible job with yeah. this and Dean Cundy's lighting was was extraordinary you're dealing with only only fires and those uh, and those those flares that you're, you're carrying in and uh, he just did an incredible job this is a Amazing Uber, sequence.
1: This, were we, this was being shot in sequence, Sean, or was this? I don't remember now. This, this we shot before we went up to Alaska. That's
0: right? right. Yeah, we shot all our interiors, and then we went up. Now that's that's a soundstage with the, with this whole underground built uh, and refrigerated. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the steam coming out and the
1: flares, and smoke. It, it
0: really was unpleasant, <clears throat> but it looked just looked beautiful for us. We have water dripping down as the place is melting, and uh, actually, it was a very, very big set. Um, these little tunnels going in various places.
1: Uh, it was a weird scene too, because you know these three guys are, are now in their coffin, getting ready to do themselves in. I
0: always thought this was a whole lot like an old World War II picture where, yeah. you know, you had to carry out the mission right. because for a greater cause, and I felt.
1: It's gone, McCready. The, <laughs> <laughs>
0: the voice of doom. Oh, boy. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to find out in a moment what happened to Blair. He's going to make a, a brief reappearance. Um, originally in the script, I believe oh, yeah, he didn't. but Yeah, that's right. You brought him back. We brought him back just to let the audience know yeah. that he was, in fact, a, a creature.
1: Again, I. You think about this, and you'd hate to be one of those three guys, but you're knowing that. What are you he, gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're dead.
0: Now we're into um, a really neat part of the set, which we we assume that this area has you know gotten so cold, and this is the the junk that they have put in there, and really uh, everything is lit by the the helmet he's wearing, and it's very moody and
1: great. Spook coming up here, huh?
0: This was the scene in which. Uh, I asked Will Brimley what he was thinking, and he said picking up his laundry as an actor. <laughs> which gave me some insight into into him. But, you know, he, he takes his job very seriously, and he's a really terrific actor. That is great. And around the corner he comes. very kind of really cheap scared. <laughs> Reverse shot, uh, done with Donald. And look at
1: that.
0: And uh, that's the laundry scene. Look at that. <laughs> That's actually Rob Teen's hand and Donald Moffat's face. It was it wasn't the most fun to do, but Donald was an old trooper and and really a pro.
1: Went out. Went out in style. <laughs> oh,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pay it off or <laughs> that's the end of that. And now we assume that Blair has really mutated now in a moment, we're going to get into uh, the charge of the thing under the, under the uh, boards. And uh, That was a little tough to do because... Oh, it wasn't easy, was it? It wasn't easy.
1: Because there was no re- way to rehearse it. Nope, there, there we just had to eye. do we it. Just, we <laughs> had to do it and keep running.
0: Now, uh, TK disappears here, and you're all alone. And uh, Dump, dump. I always thought this this particular period through here <laughs> where you where we took a beat and you're ready to blow the place and it was really nice. You don't know what quite what's back there and Cundey's lighting is just sort of suggesting little things and yeah. It's what's in your mind more than anything else and I suppose if I could gotten that hat back on your head I would have been happy.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I do appreciate that. I never let it go though. It wasn't leaving me.
0: <laughs> and uh Basically, we had the, a track built under the set with a big ball that was uh, compound roped off and pulled. That's actually, uh, I believe that's Dick Warlock preparing for his you, stunt. This
1: was so weird because there was no way to rehearse it.
0: Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Multiple cameras coming toward Jr. goes Warlock and makes a dive. You land, and up comes a... Uh, Animated Randy Cook uh, animated the creature here. We ended up using parts of that part there, and this blast up, and then we cut to our biggest uh, monster effect. Fifty people were operating this from underneath, and uh, it was a last-minute thing. The
1: big boy.
0: And out comes the dog. We were Uh, kind of.
1: They all do? They all come out here? All the things that it's. Kind of. There's a
0: dog, and then there's a half monster, and it's Blair, Blair, and it's. It was pretty big.
1: There's the Blair man.
0: It was, this was a tough one it took us uh, quite a bit to get it done nice tuck and roll yeah and this we, was
1: then, what do we say here i don't know this would do what should we say here <laughs> fuck you too
0: <laughs> my sentiments exactly and up goes the entire camp uh, it's we were way away from this camp and and uh, the size of the explosion was something i had never seen that before and uh, these are remote cameras that are photographing it from the ground, and I, there would be no well, way we could be there.
1: Well, those explosions happen quick; they really. <laughs>
0: and then they're Look over. At
1: that. So that now, was the last day. Was that the? That must have been the last night. Well, right?
0: remember we had to reshoot this There's as the that, Norwegian that, that, camp that's when right. you arrived to it. So that's right. Now we're into the final moments of the movie, um, which we discussed and talked about, and. Uh
1: just didn't know we said if, if you do you know if you're the thing do you does does it know if it knows that you know you're the thing and on and on and on and how would you stop it and
0: and, and as a director you know you would say to me these guys can't <coughs> let themselves live John they have to kill each other and I would think to myself well I can't have you two burn each other is the end of my picture so you came up with it with a final moment um, the studio originally wanted to find out what would happen if you didn't reintroduce Childs, so they had me preview a scene where you cut right there. there. And, and wasn't there ma- some
1: talk about bringing helicopter, a helicopter comes in? They've, they've arrived, and you don't and know that.
0: that, that wasn't There's. it, guys. We have to end it with our, yeah. our guys. It,
1: it was generic. The ending is generic to what the movie is about.
0: It's, you have to finish off their story and tell their story, and that's it. And... Uh, I thought your ending line. I thought this entire ending of the movie was 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 incredible. It would be uh, it would be what I would uh, would want, and uh, I was extremely happy. Yeah, with that it.
1: That's for he explained what he was doing, looking for Blair. He saw uh-huh. Blair, and he was walking by him. So everybody was perfectly set up. The only thing we did know at this point was that McCready I was not right. Didn't? He could have been. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> I mean, he was just, we, we didn't see him for a while.
0: <laughs> and there's a great, uh, you guys did a great job here, I thought, just Maybe we should. Just really playing this, this moment out.
1: Oh, yeah, they had to have the... you worried about me,
0: we've got surprises for you. And as the light is kind of getting darker and darker on you... Uh, the two men are gonna freeze or die or something.
1: They both got a weapon; they can kill each other. What are we gonna do? What
0: we do? Why don't we just... And I thought uh, the a great line. And you know what? I'm, I'm extremely Let's proud see, yeah, of the yeah. film. I think we uh, we pulled off uh, a movie that's lasted longer than than we may have all thought. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, it's been kind of fun to sit and, and relive it. Um, yeah.
1: and they, it's fun. It is to bring it back again, and I, I, it's fun to see this movie and and remember. All the, you know, it's funny when people watch the movie; that's what they have. And interestingly enough, we can never have that experience because we made it. But what we do have that nobody else has was the making of it. And that's yeah. that's the yeah. great, that's the great joy.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of joy in 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 the whole process of making movies just kind of being there and and going through it all together especially in this case we all bonded as a, as cast and crew yeah. and uh... really worked uh... worked hard to, to make the, the best picture we could at the time and and the experiences that we all remember now um, are really our reward for the film you know you it's like a kid you, you do the best you can with That's it. right you send it out into the world and sometimes it does okay and sometimes it doesn't but you
1: gotta finally throw it out there and it lives on its own and it was it was disappointing I remember at the time yeah uh, to to watch the movie not do well in the theater um, but I must say over the last 13 years now it has been uh, a great pleasure to have people come it's movies that you do like this that you put a lot into and you had a lot of feeling and you thought it was a really good movie when people come up to you on the street and they say hey the thing I know that's it's a great feeling it's a isn't great it feeling. yeah it really is you know it's like what is it Ravon Ryan, Ryan's Express if just one yeah just one gets yep. away well if just one person enjoys it uh, then you feel like you
0: this was a fairly apocalyptic film It it did have a, a downbeat or I guess you could call it an ambiguous ending but that was the ending for our picture you know, we, you, you can't really order up a happy ending when you're dealing with something like this. Um, I suppose we could have changed it uh, and have one of you become the thing, and you could have burned him and then walked off like the lone it's cowboy. Such a,
1: it's such a great story. Who, what, who's going to win? If some, if if we go to another planet, we are trying to survive as a as a species. If we end up having to go to another planet to try to do that, we certainly hope that we survive. And absolutely that one was simply doing the same thing it was doing the same planet. exact thing and uh, who's to say i guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens hopefully uh, hopefully it'll be us
0: this was my really my first film for a big studio and oh, that's um, right. i had never done when i had done independent films up to then i had done tv movies and what i found to be the most incredible part of making a studio film was uh the amount of of Set, set and, I don't know how to put it, the amount of professionalism that you could put into a scene that you were doing, just far outweighs the kind of creative quickness that you had to do on the street when you're making a film. We really, to do that blood test scene, we really had to involve acting, uh, sets, costumes, special effects.
1: Right. You couldn't it, do that with a small? It
0: would be very difficult. It would be de- very difficult to get it as good as we had it. You know, the studio was behind us. And we had a team of people who were, who were, were very very good, and ex- ex- fantastic actors. The special effects were amazing. Oh, they were great. And it's putting it all together and unifying it so it looks like a, a whole piece. That that's what that's what the studio can give you if they're for you, and they support what you're doing. There's nothing better.
1: I was going to say that's what you have to have though, because it, if, it, if it isn't that, it just makes you want to go back with that small crew, that's and that right, small and have go a blast out on the again. We yep. have a hell of a yeah. time
0: and that's the other side of it if they're not for you and and you're playing political games then it can be it can be real hell but but it's uh, it's terrific the, the the people that we worked with and and looking at it again it just makes me all the more proud of the film and i just love sitting here with you and talking I about know, it. I know it's a
1: blast. I th- I, it's fun to see these with you again. We, we got to do this with Escape from New York and I hope we do get to do it with uh... Big Trouble in Little China, yeah, that'd be I think fun. that's another film that took a special kind of sense of humor at the time. To that's enjoy. right. Oh, I think that movie is terrific. Uh, and uh, uh, But this, seeing this again does bring all those memories back and the fabulous time we had and, the, the, again, the great time that I, I had making a movie with you. and I. I, uh, I, I, I they can't take that away from me.
0: Never. <laughs> so listen, guys, we'll see you at the movies, and thanks for watching.